Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 4th of July 2023 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Big, sparkly hellos go out from us to our fellow Hong Kongers, both here and around the world. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. We are taking a two-month break from shows, but not from workshops. Get yourself down to one of our free workshops and find yourself learning how to tell your stories better. The stories you're going to hear today were told as a result of a workshop with Harrow International School in Hong Kong. We were still locked down at the time of recording, so the show was performed over Zoom. Apologies in advance for the sound quality. If you'd like to know more about workshops for yourself, your school, or your work, check out the website hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with a story told online in a show with Harrow International School in Hong Kong in 2022, here is Bess. It was suffice to say that I was a pretty awkward person at eight years old. I mean, I'd never really fit in with my class since my undying love for theater was boring compared to the latest fashion trends. So, when Katie, you know, the most popular girl in my class, invited me to go swimming, I was speechless. I mean, I never thought that someone like Katie would want to be friends with me. I still remembered how my heart was walloping, you know, a nervous but excited smile crawling into the corners of my lips as my trembling fingers reached up to press that doorbell. Katie's house was massive. It was elegant, with white walls and portraits, expensive artifacts, and a massive golden chandelier. But in the midst of all this, in the center of her living room, was a stunning, black, beautiful leather couch. Honestly, it looked like a million dollars and way too expensive for my German hands to touch. Well, at the beginning, I was tense, but honestly, looking back, there was no need to be. I mean, Katie turned out to be super nice and super down to earth, and I was able to calm down and actually have a lot of fun. But then it was time to head down to the pool. Now, my mother was big on not getting tan and being super cautious of the sun. So being the good child that I am, I slathered on a whole bottle of sun cream. I added layers and layers of sun cream onto every part of my skin, from my face to my toes to my face again, before sitting on Katie's couch with a satisfied squelch. I still remembered how I sort of stood up to head to the bathroom. I noticed how the couch was peeling off my thigh, so I looked back to check if I'd done any damage to Katie's ultra-expensive couch. And to my absolute horror, there was a white, thigh-shaped mark imprinted onto the back of her very shiny black couch. What have I done? I I grabbed the first thing I could think of, you know, the first thing I could see, which was a glass of water and poured it all over the stain. I shoved my hands in that gooey mess and tried to wipe that sunscreen stain off. And honestly, I never even thought that my backside was that big. But you know, the way the milky puddle was dripping off the side of that couch made me really want to run back home and hide in my bed. I had never been more embarrassed about anything else in my entire life. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I looked up. My head was sweating. My hands were trembling. I was desperate for a sign of help until I saw a bathroom door. I was so relieved. I can't even describe how grateful I was. I I immediately ran in. I turned on the tap and kept washing and washing my hands. I was beginning to feel, you know, fine again until a few minutes later when I heard feet shuffling down the corridor before a voice gave a loud exclamation. What the happened to my couch? And that's when I knew right then and there that my love for acting had paid off. 
I mean, I channel in my interacting abilities. I counted a good 10 seconds before I walked out to feign my surprise. It was a very good show. Katie decided she needed a proper morning over her leather couch and canceled the playdate. But it was safe to say I'd never been happier. I was so glad I was able to escape from her horrible house filled with her horrible white walls, her horrible portraits, her artifacts, her chandelier, and especially, and especially, her ultra-expensive couch. Since then, Katie and I never spoke, so I figured out she, she probably knew I did it, but I couldn't care less. I figured I needed time to stay away from other people's houses, and especially their furniture. Ah yes, white sofas. For me, they're to be avoided as carefully as white trousers. We are sorry that Bess was not able to make new friends, but as long as she's listening to her mother, all will be well in the end. Next up is Callum. One of my favorite places to go over the holidays is Japan. More specifically, Hokkaido. Even more specifically, Niseko. It's a town located in the northern island of Japan, and if you're going there, there's really only one thing you have to do. Ski. If you've never been to if you've never been to Hokkaido, I highly recommend it. The people are so kind and welcoming, and the air is so fresh, especially when compared to Hong Kong. And even though it's very chilly, every time you step into a cafe, a warm blast of heat hits you, and it just feels right. I've always loved skiing, and this is my third time going. So, of course, me being the incredibly wise and experienced 11-year-old, I knew basically everything there was to know, and therefore I had to look after my younger brother as he was intellectually inferior compared to me. Anyway, after begging my parents to please, oh please, oh pretty please with cherries on top, my parents finally let me and my brother go, my brother and I go back up on the hill to ski one last time before we packed our things and went back to our hotel. I think one of the reasons they let us go on our own was the name of the path. See, most of the other trails on the hill had names like the Jagged Forest, or The Road to Hell. They let us go down the very ominously named Holiday Family Run. Anyway, we got back on the ski lift, and of course, me being the intellectually superior 11-year-old, told my brother about all the amazing trees that we saw, and how they contain six different deadly types of poison now. If you touch their leaves, you would fall ill, and how they use the sap to cure cancer, and in reality, they were just normal pine trees. But, of course, I made sure to quiz him on proper skiing etiquette. On your ski pole bands around your wrist, as your helmet clicked in, you, you better remember to wear sunscreen. The sun's out, you better remember to wear sunscreen. We got to the top of the lift, and my brother and I moved over to the top of the hill. I looked at his skis and said, always remember the number one rule of skiing. Always make sure your skis are clicked in. I told him three times. Three times to check his skis. Every time he responded, he was sounding getting, he sounded as if he was getting more and more tired of me asking. I was actually quite angry at how ungrateful he was that his amazing older brother was trying to help him, but he thought he didn't need it. I guess some people just don't want good advice. He was about to go down the hill, but of course, me being the amazing and very brave older brother told him that I would go first. In reality, I just wanted to get a head start and a head start of him because I would always race my brother, but I would never actually tell him it's a race until I was at least 15 meters in front of him. So I tucked my knees in, put my poles on my armpits, and down I went. Faster and faster, the trees going from strong, sturdy structures to fuzzy blurs as I zoomed past them. I was going the speed of light. No one could stop me, and oh no. Crack. My left ski came loose. 
I, I didn't click it in properly. And I was going too fast. So I just had to raise my left leg in the air while trying to slow down with my poles. And eventually I thought I could just put my remaining foot on, on my remaining ski. My parents snowboard all the time. Must be easy. Why can't I do it? Well, when I tried to place my left foot on my other ski, I, my foot dragged along the snow and brought me to a grinding halt. I fell over and landed face first in the cold, damp snow. And when I got up, I looked around, embarrassed, and I thought to myself, I hope my brother didn't see that, and pop, my other ski landed right next to me. I looked up at my brother who had tossed it to me. He looked me dead in the eyes, smiled and said, race ya, and took off down the hill. I love the relationships between siblings. My own younger brother is still blaming me for being mean to him when I was eight. Next, here is Ray. As for most of my life, I had lived in quite an urban part of Sydney. I considered myself to be somewhat of a city girl. But I don't know how I ended up signing up to this co-curricular activity called Cadets. Cadets in my old school was known as an activity that tortured any student scared of the wilderness. Before I go any further, I'll just let you know that I was complete and utterly scared of spiders. And the stories passed down from the year 11s didn't make it any better. Three weeks into training, I find myself signing up to the best camp cadets had to offer, AFX. Let me just remind you that it normally takes a student six weeks to learn most of the motions and terminology, let alone perfect it. The next thing I know, I ended up on a bus, being driven somewhere unknown to me. As the drive continues, I see civilization slowly disappearing into the distance until all I see is overgrown grass and thick forest around me. I analyze every bush the bus drives by, and I see a camouflage sign slowly appearing in the distance. Singleton Military Training Area 8, I read to myself, and I think a place with no buildings, just trees after trees is a training area. What happened to all the shooting courses and obstacle courses? Just as I was about to rant to my friends about my expectations, we get ordered off the bus and everyone was told to put on a massive amount of bug spray before heading off to the campsite found by the lieutenant. The site was around two kilometers away from the bus, but bearing in mind I had a 10 kilo heavy rucksack on, it wasn't gonna be a pleasant journey. By the time we arrived, I felt like my legs were about to collapse on me. We were ordered to throw down our bags accordingly to our platoons and run straight back to the company. Our SEO ordered us into six groups, Alpha, Beta, Charlie, etc. We were all given locations on a map of this area and sent off on our ways to complete our activities, which was basically getting to this bearing marked on a map given to us and seeing which group got back first. By the time we were back from our activities, I needed to go to the bathroom. I twisted the plastic knob of a porta potty and two small daddy long legs were just sitting, sitting there, chilling on the toilet lid. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. Even though I knew there were no harm to me, I ran straight back to the group and swore never to go to the bathroom again. After dinner, we were shown our resting spots for the next six days. Listen, I was expecting to at least get a tent so that we could keep the bugs and kangaroos out at night, but no, we got hoochies. 
Pochis is basically a rope set up in between two tree trunks with a waterproof sheet put over it. So there were two holes open on either side. During wash up time, I took my kidney cup and my toothbrush ready to go to the bathroom to wash up. But after the first experience, this time I became slightly smarter and I grabbed my hoochie partner, Sherry, with me. However, I underestimated how well she knew me. With the lack of light the red light was giving us, I could only see the silhouette of trees and people. And just as I see a silhouette of someone approaching, Sherry yells, spider. And I immediately duck and I hold my head. I can hear my heart racing in my chest and the laughter, wait, the laughter of Sherry next to me. And I stand up and I see my SEO standing in front of me with a confused facial expression. I excused Sherry and myself and I felt my cheeks burning with embarrassment. And on our way back from the bathroom until she was asleep, Sherry was still laughing at my unnecessary reaction. And in my head, I just wished she would shut up. During the next five days, the news that I had screamed the night before about a spider spread through the entire company, like a wildfire. And everyone I was grouped with tried their luck in scaring me again. But I can proudly say I was only scared twice out of the bajillion times it was done to me. Maybe I can overcome my fear of socializing using this trick? Probably not, though. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.